Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the JKWD podcast. We are stoked to bring you uh, Tommy Breedlove today. Um, is this was this is a lot of fun. Uh, I think it might seep in that it, it alludes to um, you. Know, we messed up the timing a little bit with a time zone issue with the scheduling, but all worked out. We're so glad it did because I have five pages of notes that. Um, hopefully the show notes will not drag on for for pages and pages. <laughs> but before we um before we get there, Kelvin, how you doing? I'm doing magnificently. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Ah oh, yes, um, I am up here and breathing. And um, man, I I might get out for a run this afternoon. It looks like we might get some sun. After all, I don't think sun. Uh, I don't think we're in danger of outward sun here today. <laughs> uh, a little moisture, a little gray, um, but it's even gray, so it's not like a tornado's looming or anything. Oh well, th- well that's good. It's just gray, yeah, because uh, that that's a fast run. So we're brought to you today by Audible. If you want a free audiobook, a free month at Audible. You can go to audiblechild.com slash JKWD or text JKWD to 500-500. It's audiblechild.com slash JKWD. And you can get something like Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Howes, which comes up in today's podcast. Um, Or you could get something that, that Kelvin found. Since we're talking about masculinity and stuff, we can, let's go with uh, Robert A. Glover's no more Mr. Nice Guy. A proven plan for getting what you want in love, sex, and life. This is aimed at men, incidentally. But ladies, if you want to listen to it, I mean, maybe you can get some insight. Yeah, Come on, read uh, it. Yeah, you know, Lewis House says the same thing about mask and masculinity. Um, you know, he wrote it. He wrote it for men, but uh, encourages women to read it and perhaps even uh, give it to the men in their lives, or at least uh, use it to understand a little better where the men in their lives are coming from. Good idea. So again, that's audiblechild.com slash JKWD or text JKWD to 500-500 to get these or any one of hundreds of thousands of other audiobooks and programs for free from Audible. And uh, on the other side of the music, We'll have Tommy Breedlove for you. It's all right. We start then with um, you introduce yourself to our audience and you tell us um, not only what, what you're doing but why. Mm, okay, you ready to rock? Go for Absolutely. it. Yeah. So what I'm doing these days is I am a featured speaker, uh, writer, and premier business and life coach, mainly for men. Although do I do work with some women who would prefer to work with a man. 
Um, and the reason why I do this is it fell in my lap. It's not something I ever chose to doing. Uh, I chose to do. Um, I was 36 years old. I was a partner at a very large financial consulting firm. I had uninhibited ambition, drive, motivation, fancy office, cuff links, car, you name it. And just because I never filled that void or healed those wounds from me as a young man, it almost cost me everything from my life to my wife to uh, my reputation to my prestige. And so I went on this big journey of emotional, mental, spiritual, physical transformation to just figure out who I was and what I wanted to stand for and what manifested in my life through that process over those three years was the network opportunities, the opportunities just to be a better human, the accountability, what manifested in my marriage, what manifested in my business and personal life was just 10 X what it was before. So I'm, and then all these other entrepreneurs, executives, managers, men started reaching out to me and say, Hey man, you didn't give up your, your financial freedom. You didn't give up your ambition. You didn't give up your motivation, but you did find some sort of fulfillment, meaning and balance in life. And we want more of that. And so this speaking and coaching gig just basically fell in my lap because there's this thirst for, especially from, and I'm going to speak from a man standpoint, there's a thirst for authenticity. There's a thirst to lean on other men. There's a thirst to be raw, honest, and transparent, but we want to do that without compromising our drive, ambition, and our drive to be successful business. So it really is something that is special to me, but it's something that's almost cost me everything twice in my life, not just once in my life. So it's something that I think we need. It's a thirst in the marketplace. And candidly, uh, our not being able to come down from the white horse is killing us. And so that's, that's a little bit about me, man. So I'll stop talking now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you have just begun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> you know, I was looking for, I was looking through your website and, and Josh, if I break in on something, stop me. But I was looking through your website and, and I always like to go through and find something that like, uh, just, just grabs me, uh, and, and pulls me back in. And the line I found on your website that does that for me is under your, this is your first step. And the line is quit chasing perfection and start finding you. Mm. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think there's this myth in life that we have to be perfect and that it doesn't exist, whether it's in business, life, relationships, love, um, family. There's this drive for perfection. It's never going to be good enough. So we're never going to be here right now. And we're always having to wear these masks of masculinity because we can't show who we ever are. So there's this myth in life of perfection and control. Let me just be clear. We're, we control nothing. I mean, Arden Deck, on this phone call, we could all take our last breath. I mean, it could literally happen. So we're not in control. And once you know that, A, you're never going to be perfect, and B, you're not in control, and C, and this is so huge, man, that we're not alone in this fight. We all have our insecurities. We all have our fears. We're all scared to death. Uh, as men, uh, most of us suffer from what if they figure out, I don't really know what the hell I'm doing anyway. Um, so once we can release that and know that we're not in control, we don't have to be perfect. And every other man, woman, and human on this earth struggles from the same stuff. 
and let's stop, you know, being envious of Facebook and Instagram and turn off the garbage of the news and just start finding who we are, what we're meant to be here for. Because I do believe at the deepest of my heart that every human being on earth, regardless of your circumstances or your limitations, we're all put here to serve in some way, to be of use to our fellow men in society. And so once we put down all the BS perfection and BS control and all those masks, cool guy, tough guy, important guy, successful guy, can't show weakness guy, can't ask for help guy. And I say guy because I work with you know, 98% of the people I work mm-hmm. with are men. Once we realize that, we can start finding who we are and what we were put here to do. And I, that's something I am stupid passionate about because <laughs> I did it. I mean, I did it. I mean, I found it. I, gave, I, I walked away as a senior partner, member of the board of directors, and literally, and this, I'm not, I'm not bragging, pat myself. I walked away from potentially millions and millions of dollars over the next 25 years because it wasn't what I was put here to do. And the money was never going to buy me happiness because I, I've seen it time and time again from the people I coach. It doesn't matter if they're just getting started and want to figure out how to obtain financial freedom or they have it. The money and things are never going to fulfill you. So you've got to be here living with some sort of passion and purpose. And the money will come, will be the result of doing those things. And so we put so much power also on money that we lose who who we are and why we're supposed to be here. Now, what was the impetus for you uh, starting that, that, journey of self-discovery. I mean, it's one thing to, um, it's one thing to be bold and have done it. Um, and you know, it's a story we hear in a lot of successful entrepreneurs actually, Hey, I, I quit my job and took the risk and I knew I was had money, but it wasn't being true to me. Um, we, we so often hear the result of that, but never the start of it. So, so why did you go on that journey in the first place? So mine, I'm, I'm going to let me go back in time. Yeah. So as, a, as a young man, I came from good, solid, blue collar, humble beginnings, but grew up in and around a world of violence. And the worst thing that happened to someone who was bullied and who had a lot of different types of violence happened to him. Guess what happens as a young man? You become violent. And so at 18 years old, I made a, a horrible mistake. Um, and it almost cost me everything. Then I was actually charged with two felonies and spent my 19th birthday incarcerated. But luckily from some greater power, those felonies were dropped to misdemeanors, but I did serve time. But that was my first catalyst of, Hey, jail's not the answer for you. So I immediately when I got out of jail and again, thank goodness it was misdemeanors. I went to work for a nuclear waste container factory. And when I tell you it was brutally hard low pay work that I lived in, not the nicest place. I knew between jail and working in that factory, this is not what I wanted to do in life. So I hustled. I went to put myself through school at night, ended up, you, you guys see behind me, your audience will see it. Ended up at the university of Georgia, go dogs, even though we just lost. Damn it. Um, but I ended up at the university of Georgia. So I went from jail to Deloitte, which at the time was one of the, I think it still is the largest financial consultant firm in the world. But fast forward 15 years, here's the answer to your question as the catalyst is because I never dealt with those. And we all have them. I don't care what your lot in life is. We all have wounds and scars and stories from the past that affect us to this day. Family systems, cultural systems, things that affect us and they, they affect us deeply that we don't ever talk about. 
because I didn't deal with those things at 36 years old as a junior partner of a large firm. I thought that money, power, prestige, um, fame, all those things were going to fulfill me inside because I didn't, I didn't come from those things, but I thought I was just going to outwork you out and drive you. And that manifested itself in basically the Wolf of Wall Street behavior. So, um, and it almost cost me everything. I literally, it almost, the, the, the catalyst is it almost cost me my life and marriage. And I woke up one day and said, enough is enough. You know, I knew I'm put here to do something more than this. Um, I wanted to know why I always felt alone, even when I was in a, you know, it didn't matter how much money or it didn't matter what prestige I have or a room full of a thousand people why I felt alone and why I didn't feel good enough and had all these insecurities. So that's why I went on the journey because I knew, I knew if I didn't, man, it was going to cost me my life. And my hope is that people listening to this don't wait to that point. Um, there's just too many stories of too many people, whether they make a big mistake or they don't get to where they think they're going to be, that dire consequences happen. And it can start something simple. You know, the, the compromising your values can start by simply Stop attending something with your wife or not going on a date with your wife. Or it could be simple like, I'm going to miss this ball game because I got to work a little bit harder so I can get a little bit more money. And it's always out there and it's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to come. And we compromise our families. We compromise our values. We compromise our integrity. And we compromise the things that are most important to us for this thing called prestige and money. And my goal in life is to help people to cut that stuff out sooner than later. I'm not telling you to cut your job. I'm not telling you to lose your ambition, lose your motivation. If you're motivated, you're not going to lose that. You're never going to lose your drive and ambition. The key is, is how do you live a life of significance without doing that? And so the catalyst for me was almost losing everything, including my life. So you mentioned uh, the mask of masculinity. Um, I don't know if, if uh, you're a Lewis House fan or yeah, if, I, have to, I was gonna I have okay. to around here somewhere it's it's near me somewhere <laughs> I love it so so yeah I, I wasn't sure if you know because parallel thinking does exist um, uh, but you know it's a phrase that he used for a book title so um, it's you know why it stuck out to me yeah. um, great book by the way yeah um, and a great a great concept. And I think that we're kind of starting to enter a phase of, you know, a phase of society where it's okay for men to finally start dropping that mask. How do we, um, how do we start feeling safer to, to do that? I mean, you know, for, you know, for hundreds of thousands of years that we've been to this, um, yeah, we've had to be the hunters and the providers and the uh, protectors. And and now we've got our four walls and you know, it's the safest time to, to live like ever. Um, you know, we don't, you know, we don't need to fill those old ro- roles anymore. So, so what do we, how, how do we uh, kind of reproject uh, those, you know, those kind of ingrained traits that we have as men? I think it a starts with awareness B requires more courage and I'll use the word balls than we then doing what we're doing now. So I think it starts with awareness that there's a need and thirst out there for us as men to lean on other men. I think we're looking for authentic friendships. I think we're looking for authentic networking. And I think the awareness comes with knowing that we're not all alone. 
that we all have fears, we all have insecurities, we all struggle, we all wonder what happened again, what happens when they figure out we really don't know what we're doing. Um, and that, you know, there's a loneliness among men because we can't be ourselves. We got to talk about business, we got to talk about money, we got to talk about sports, and we got to talk about women. And if we get outside that box, you know, all of a sudden we start wanting to run out of the room. And you're right, we're taught that by society for thousands of years. However, the awareness is knowing that we all desire something bigger. We don't all desire to have a real, authentic, raw conversation. Let me be clear. These days, I don't have time for a lot of BS conversations. And so um, for me, I still like talking about sports. I still like talking about University of Georgia and my Atlanta Falcons. I still like talking about, you know, the cute girl that walked by. I, you know, I love all that stuff. But eventually, we got to get real. So the awareness, the second is courage. And guys like Lewis Howes, guys like myself who are willing to stand up and say, Hey, you know, this stuff is killing us. And it could be just inside. I'm not saying, but some of, sometimes it's figuratively killing us because we, we will compromise our health. We will compromise our families. We'll invest in the stock market. We'll invest in our business and our careers, but we want to invest in ourselves and we want to invest in our, some of us invest in our families. But knowing that this, thing out there that we're never going to get doesn't matter how much money or success for prestige is never going to fulfill you so i think the courage for us also to stand up and start having these conversations on podcasts in the street in the bars at the ball game and it starts by one guy and it's it's one-on-one i mean there's a macro we always talk about in society and life these macro issues well the macro issues for men is this is really costing us our lives um, and our, you know, our, our happiness and our fulfillment. It really is. And so know we're not alone. Know that most men are ready and willing to have these conversations. It just takes the one courageous guy to step up and tell his story and what he's struggling with. And what I have found, whether it's coaching or public speaking, it was, it was once you do that, you give other men permission to have those conversations. Now, I'm not here to demasculinize us either. You know, that is not my goal in life. I mean, there is a masculine role that we all like to play, and I don't want to go too deep into that, but the key <laughs> is for us, to, yeah, there's a lot of reasons I don't want to go deep into that. <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, we need, to, we need to be able to stand next to each other and not in front or behind each other. So that's up to us. So it takes courage to do that. And I think it starts with conversations like this. Now, I have a bizarre question. Um, because you keep saying things that reminds me of a book someone told couple, several people have talked to me recently about called uh, no more Mr. Nice guy. Um, are you I haven't read that. that? But, nope. I'm throwing that on my list. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> I'm a huge reader by the way. <laughs> um, and he's talking about a lot of problems that men have um, in, 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 because we try to be too nice. We don't stand up and, and do what men do. And it, it, it's it. I haven't, I've only started. I'm, I'm very on the, on, the, on the edges of it, but I know Josh, you heard about it recently, also. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. So it, well, I'll, I'll cut it out of the podcast. <laughs> Maybe <I'll laughs> but but that's it was a book that I'm going to be reading very soon that I'm hearing about is talking about a lot of this, especially in how we uh, relate with women. Mm. So and but the the conversation about men don't have a chance to actually sit down and talk to men anymore and just have these conversations that we normally have. In, in the meantime, you know, the media puts a dim view on some of that. 
because uh, you know what <laughs> totally. how, how some of that stuff is gone but um so okay i would just i would just want to check on that so yeah so so tell I know me. this is deep stuff man <laughs> it's, it's so i guess the, it, it can get really deep right quick here i mean the extension of that i guess is um you know it, it being a book about you know not always saying yes because you think you have to um not but not always saying no because you know just because you don't want to be the you just because you don't want to be a nice guy it, you know, it's it's about um not taking a back seat and and playing a placating role um because we think that's the opposite of the you know of the masculine and the overbearing thing you know there there's something in between the word i'm hearing is boundaries yeah is knowing yeah there's a time for niceness there's a time for compassion there's a time for empathy there's a time to say no you know one no is worth a thousand yeses but there's also a time for forceful compassion you know if someone whether it's a relationship a business partner life or on the street if someone's crossing your boundaries it's a, and you know what your boundaries is. You can feel it in your gut and feel it in your shoulders. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's universal intelligence, man. It comes from somewhere else. You know, immediately when someone's crossed you, cause you start getting angry and other, other motions come out. When that happens, it's up to, it's up to us to be able to set those boundaries. But let me be clear. It's hard to do all of this stuff we're talking about today. It's hard to do. Change is hard. It takes courage. And setting boundaries and saying no, whether it's to your significant other, your wife, your girlfriend, your business partner, your your, your buddy down the street, saying no sometimes um, is is epically powerful because we all all of us, all humans, it doesn't matter men or women, we all want to be seen, heard, loved, and respected, and that that looks differently to every human being, but we all want it. But sometimes to be seen, heard, loved, and respected, we've got to set that boundary. And my wife and I have a rule that we learned from someone else. And I don't know where it originally came from. You know, all these great ideas have been passed down the line for a million years. But recently someone told me, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And let me tell you, I implemented that mm-hmm. in my life two years ago. From networking opportunities to client opportunities to where I'll have dinner to whether or not I go for a run to where I spend my time and who I spend with it. And if, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And that's coming straight from your heart. And that has literally changed my life, especially with my family. And so that's a rule that I live by. Maybe that's what we're trying to get to is how do we set those boundaries so that people don't walk over us and we can truly be our real selves. Derek Sivers, by the way, said that. Who said that? Derek Sivers. Derek Sivers. I've heard Marie Forleo. I've heard all these different people. Whoever said it on the like, podcast one day, and he was talking about that. And he uh, he he himself has a has a whole story that. But at any rate, so so yeah. no, we're 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 hearing some of the same stuff here. So, um, so how did you how did you start? I mean, it it sounds like a weird question, but how did how did you start this journey? So. My my journey. So this is this is kind of interesting. I was going through marriage counseling with my wife, and we were on like marriage counselor number three. <laughs> I understand and, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I think I'm not alone on that one. And every time 
that we would get like session two or three, the counselor would always go, Heather, why don't you stay at home? And Tommy, why don't you come back alone next time? And I don't know if you guys are like me. I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> a, she's the problem. And B, I don't need any psychological nonsense. But in reality, they knew something I didn't know because I was really numb at the time. When I say numb, I, I didn't, I wasn't allowing myself to feel or be vulnerable as a man in any way. I was all about external, tough, outwork you, competition. But they knew something I didn't. And one time the guy said something, the counselor said something to me in passing. He said, there's a place in Tennessee in seven days that can do more for you in seven days than I can do in 10 years. And it wasn't until I hit that spot to where I knew if I didn't change something, it's going to cost me everything. So I took his advice and I went and checked on this. It's called on-site um, and it's workshops and it's, it's based in this beautiful part outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and it's called living centered. And it basically figures out you as a human, why you act the way you do, how you act away. You have big groups of 30 and you have small groups of five. And basically over four days, they cut you open in a graceful way and then put you back together for the next three and give you a bunch of tools and systems to really help you to live the life that you wanted to live a life of balance. And that was the start for me as I actually took the courage. It was a lot of courage. I almost turned the car around 12 times on the drive up there. Why am I doing this? This is, this is foo foo nonsense. But that one program in seven days started this journey. And when, once I started drinking the water, I was drinking from a fire hose. So when it came to self-development, Business development, self-development, mental development, emotional development, spiritual development, I was all in. And I still am all in. And I, I want to be clear, Kelvin and Josh, I spend an hour and a half to two hours a day working on me. From readings to meditations to gratitude journals to working out to prayer to quiet time for innovation, I spend two hours a day working for me because I believe if we don't invest in ourselves first, we cannot be there for our clients, our families, our significant others, et cetera. So this stuff, even to this day, I mean, I do it for a living, but I also have a coach. Mm -hmm. I'm also in a mastermind group. I have a psychologist I see when I need it. So it's not like I'm just doing it and teaching it. I'm walking the walk. I have all of these things that I also help other people. And you know, what's, what's cool about this too, is I, I, I love the game of business. I love all things business. And so for me, it's also about sharpening our pencils as leaders, as business people, as entrepreneurs or whatever it is. <clears throat> so I believe there's this stew of life is all about working on it all. And I, I constantly continue sharpening the pencil and do that. So that's how it all started for me was having the courage, taking that first step. Now I took a massive step, but I needed it. But it can be some, I mean, starting can be simply as picking up a book. If I had to give your audience one thing to do today, start reading. Start reading a lot. It will change your life. Or, you know, with today's technology, you can listen to audiobooks. Or you can have someone else read it to you, which is insane. <laughs> uh, but there's no excuse for you not to be growing as a human because if you're not growing, you're dying. And when I say, and that doesn't mean listening to CNN or Fox News and all this other noise out there. I mean, listening to people who are helping you grow as business people, as emotional leaders, as mental leaders, as spiritual leaders, and, and just read, read, read. And if that doesn't work, read some more. So what does the transition period look like? Now, I don't know about you, um, but I'm a, I'm a quiet worker. So, um, you know, there's, there's the before product and then there's the after product. And then, 
do you, uh, um, for me, I tend to just kind of drop out of sight in the middle and, and do all that work when nobody's watching. Um, you know, my, my wife gets to see stuff and Kelvin gets to see stuff, but um, everybody else in my life just, anybody heard from Josh? No. <laughs> um, okay. Here's hoping. And then I come out, you know, somebody new or with something new and, and whatever they're like, when did you do that? Um, is, how does that work for you? Um, you know, when you, when you made this big change from, you know, big guy at Deloitte to, to what you're doing now with purpose, um, you know, what did, what did it look like, you know, from, from A to B was there just like, <laughs> poof, Tommy's gone. So there's a couple of, questions in there. I'll start with the first question. The, the answer to the question of the timeline is this journey never stops. It never, ever stops. Um, for Especially for ambitious people who like achievement. For me, you're, we're never going to get there. We talked about it at the beginning. We're never going to get yeah. to perfection and we're never going to be in control. But for me, the journey of discovery, the seeking, the constantly growing, it, it nourishes my soul, man. And so for me, that the answer to your first question is you're never going to get there, but it gets easier and easier and easier and better and better and better. You just got to believe and have faith. And what I mean by that is, you know, the, the more you read, the more you meditate, the more whatever, whatever tools that you want in your toolbox, it just gets better and better. But then you're going to want more and more. I use the analogy of climbing a mountain. Um, once you start climbing the mountain of self-discovery, of purpose, of passion, of life of significance, you have a different view than everybody else, and usually your buddies. That doesn't mean you don't love them and you're better than them. That just means you have a different view. Right. And as you keep climbing that mountain, your view is going to get better and better. But let me be clear, the the demons and the naysayers and the clouds and all that, there's noise in your brain that tells you you're not good enough, they also get stronger. And that's why you got to continue building tools. The second step is, no, it wasn't poof. Um, I had eventually left Deloitte. I was actually a senior partner, um, member of the board of directors and the international practice leader for a, a very large middle market public accounting and financial consulting firm. And it didn't happen overnight because it's hard to walk away from money, career and prestige. But I did enough self work on myself with my coaches, with my mentors, with my mastermind groups, with my readings, with my journals, that I got the confidence and courage to walk away. Because we only get so many spins around the sun, and I don't know how many I'm going to get, but I just knew working in that field, it didn't matter what they paid me. My, I was, my soul was not for sale. And so I threw a lot of the tools, and it took me, when I made the decision, it took me about, uh, about nine months to pull the trigger because I was scared to death. It took me another four months to transition out of there. And it took me another three years to find the speaking, the business and life coaching for men, as well as the writing. And I also involved in a lot of men's groups and men's retreats and facilitating men's retreats. So it's all things that that's what, that was my time frame. but each time frame is different. And so it took a lot of courage. It took a lot of steps, but there was a lot of things in the middle. Like I immediately left financial consulting and started my own financial consulting practice called choose goodness. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I did that. Cause I was scared to death because it's what I knew. And it's what I knew I could get paid for. And so, but let me be clear too. I want to, I want to say something too, is I also had unconditional support of my wife. 
And to me, your network, especially your significant other and those closest to you, they have to be 100% in and 100% supportive and 100% loving in this. Because the last thing you need is anchors and emotional vampires because you're going to have those on your own. (laughs) Your insecurities and fears are going to be big enough. You don't need everybody else's. So it's, it's stupid important to surround yourself with people who believe in you and what you're trying to do. So that, that it's, there's no, it's not easy though. Change is super, super hard. That's my, I hope I answered your question with time frame and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Got to pause like, Whoa, what's my <laughs> next question? <laughs> I know this stuff's deep, man. It's hard to talk about. It's no, petty, I mean, but this is, I mean, this is, this is where I live, right? And and you know, you're a coach, so you know, society, people. I mean, tell us all the time who we are, what we are. I mean, we learn it <laughs> as kids without even knowing that we're getting programmed. So by the time we get to the adult stage, <laughs> you gotta get, you gotta get, you know, you get, you gotta get through that stuff, and it's difficult. I. Now that you mention it, I don't spend a lot of time with, uh, you know, I've probably got I've got five close male friends. Josh is uh, is right in there. He and I, I we've had more conversation as, as two men than probably any other man I've ever known in my life, right? So it's like you guys are brothers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah that works pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and he's good one of the few people, and he's he's one of the few people in my life, for instance, that that has the the authority which i gave him to if he sees me screwing up he you know he's he's got his finger on a button he can pull me out most people don't have that that kind of uh, right and when you start talking about boundaries yeah mm-hmm. that's, that's 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 how that goes but um i i guess we need to do more of that so but <laughs> Accountability. It sounds like that is that, like on oh, some level, that, Josh holds you accountable. Accountability. Yeah. Accountability. So, well, we're, well, so with your with your practice right now. So, I mean, how's it how's that work for you? What do you what do you do? What do you help people with? What do you help to pull out? Um, I help people with big. If I had to sum it up, I help people with big choices and big changes and help them live the life they've always desired. And for me, a life of significance means a life of financial freedom, a life of fulfillment, a life of balance. I use that word lightly because I think balance is a myth. Um, (laughs) But, you know, there is times we need to shift balances from one side to the other, depending on what we need as humans. But it's also about building real and authentic relationships with not only your significant other, but also your friends and network. So to me, it's a holistic approach. So if people want a big change in their life or they need to make a big choice, I help them with that. Sometimes I help help them rebuild themselves. Unfortunately, a lot of the people come to me is when they make a big, 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 sometimes public mistake. And I'm like, God, why didn't you call me before you decided to do that? But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of time, and, and this is, and this is a lot of places we have to start, depending on the work that we need to do to help them make that big choice or big change. Um, and I only work with people who are ready and willing to do the work. And I have a pretty good vetting process to where they have to get pretty raw and honest through my vetting process. But 
one of the things we help people find is is we take a really deep dive into what do they stand for, who they are, and let's figure out, A, what are their God-given talents? What is it? What were they put here to do? And what really lights them up? What's their, we call it purpose. We can call it higher meaning. We can call it highest truth. But so many of us are going through life. We know something's missing. You know, we'll sit, stand here and stare up at the stars and, you know, ask whatever you believe in. You know, what, why am I here? We figure out why you're here. Um, that's a huge step that we do with a lot of people. And there, it, sometimes it can take four hours and sometimes it can take 11 months. And it's crazy. That's the longest I've seen to date. But we constantly help, the, help build people to live the life of their dreams. Because I did it. I mean, I, you're talking to someone who struggled and struggled and struggled for 36 years but if you looked at them on the outside, if you didn't know me and you saw the car and the office and all the, the things, these shiny things that really at the end of the day don't mean anything because we can't take them with us. Um, it looked like I had it all, but on the inside I was dying and it literally cost me everything. So I help people rediscover really their brilliance, help them find meaning and significance in life, but do this without compromising their ambition or financial success. So that's really if I had to summarize it, it's all about big choices and big changes. That is really what I help people do. And I love public speaking. I do a lot of public speaking these days. And so through the audiences and what I do, whether it's a corporate gig or a motivational event, is really give them some simple tools and stories. And again, we talked about it earlier, Josh. Give, you know, By telling my story, it gives permission to come up. You wouldn't believe, I, was, I don't want to say the name of the conference. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, the guys that were lined up afterward, Department of Defense, Homeland Security, um, really kind of, you know, these alpha peacock type A males. And they had stuff to talk about. And they wanted to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and you talk about tough jobs and tough positions. And, and you know, you talk about wearing the mask of masculinity, what Lewis calls it. I mean, whew, those guys are in there. They're in the, they're in the trenches every day. But they need someone to lean on. They need someone to talk to. So it's it's really all about choices and changes. Now, one of the things we like to um, talk about here a lot is routines. And you have a, uh, yeah, a working on yourself routine. Uh, you said it involves you know gratitude and meditation and. Uh, Bunch of stuff. Um, how does that? Yeah. How does that play out for you? Is there a, a replicable um, model that we can kind of totally. pass along and help out? A hundred percent. And so I will offer this to you too. If you guys will just email and remind me. Um, I have a one-page document. I just need to update it for one thing. I have an innovation exercise that's not on there, and a forgiveness exercise that's not on there. And I don't do everything every day. I mix it up constantly. It's like kind of like working out, but let me be clear real quick. Let me, let me finish my statement. Then I'll, I have a one page document called life of significance plan. It's literally my life. It's literally how I live my life. And it's broken into quadrants. Uh, this is the, if, if to, to achieve something today, this is how I want to live my life. And it talks about giving, it talks about my, my daily routine from all of that stuff. And it's a, it's a, people seem to really dig it. I, I have a client, it's a big advertising firm. <laughs> And I walked in the other day and they had it up on their, <laughs> on their walls and cubicles. It's kind of odd to see your life hanging on somebody's office, but <laughs> it's kind of strange. It's humbling and weird all at the same time. Um, 
But with that being said, I'd be happy to give that to your audience. I'd be happy to share that with you guys. You guys can email me directly at Tommy at TommyBreedLove.com. But let me be clear, whether it's working out, business success, emotional success, or mental success, these things, all of these exercises are like martial arts. They had to be practiced, they got to be honed, and they got to be worked on. So it doesn't matter if it's your mental fortitude, your gratitude practice, your meditation practice. You got to constantly work at it because there is no magic pill. There is no light switch. These things you've got to constantly do and you continue to work on it. And you got to mix it up every now and then too and get out of your comfort zone that you can continue to grow. But make no, there is no destiny, destination here. And I know that sounds like not a good thing, but it actually is an amazing thing. Because if we were immortal and perfect, this life would be boring as hell. It literally think about that. If we were perfect and life was easy and we were mortal, life would be extremely boring. And so know that your big pains are going to come your way. Big challenges are going to come your way. Relationship issues, health issues. And let me be clear. And this is sad. We're all going to die. Right, that's the only thing we have in common. People say death and taxes. Taxes yeah. is nonsense. I know a lot of rich and poor people who don't pay taxes. Trust me. I was in the business forever. Um, but death is certain for us. It is. And so why are we going to, you know, just waste it away doing stuff that we don't love, man. And so that's, that's the key, but you got to work at it and that takes courage. And so just be clear. And there's no, this, there's no magic pill, man. <laughs> you guys right there. I'll probably talk too much. <laughs> well, so he, he takes notes for the, he, he takes notes for the, uh, for the show notes. And then I, love it. I normally have, uh, you know, a next question, but you, you said so much that means so much. It's, it's kind of hard to narrow it down to a specific point. Um, step number one. <clears throat> step number one for the transformation that you help people uh, make for themselves. What's step number one? I give them permission to choose. My, my number one is people... I don't usually say this out loud, but I'm going to say it out loud. Humans want to be told they're going to be okay. And so because I've done it, I mean, this is not something I've, this isn't theory for me. This is life or death for me. And it still is because, you know, a lot of those ghosts and, and demons from my past, they still haunt me, but they're getting, they're getting less and less loud. So the first thing I do is give them permission to make a the permission, I help them. I don't give them anything. Let me be clear. Let me let me rephrase. I don't give people anything. I help them make a huge choice to then give themselves permission to make a change or choice in their life that they need to make. And then whether it's we're working on helping them find their purpose, a big career change, a business issue working on rebuilding their relationships via their emotional mental state. And I don't, I don't see any of those things as separate. I don't care when I'm working with you, I'm going to be working on it all. And where, you know, one session will be about business and career. One session will be about emotional stability. One session will be about relationships and it's all about accountability. So I hold them accountable and I give them the systems, tools, and beliefs and eventually, candidly, I'm not doing anything for them. They're all doing it themselves. Mm -hmm. They're just they're just taking the actions to do the steps that I help them do. And I think we talked about it. You, Kelvin, you said, Josh, is I hold them accountable. Um, and I do it in multiple ways. But the accountability part comes at is I'm here with you. I'm here for you. 
And when you're not doing what you say you want to do, I'm here to tell you to, to, to sometimes get, you know, like the forceful compassion we talked about. And so the, the first step is, is them. It comes from them. They've got to want it. There needs to be a burning desire in their heart to want to take action. And I, what I don't do, and this is something we, and you know, I'm actually working with a client next week that he, he the, what he has done in his life is outstanding. Um, but what you don't want to do is overwhelm people. It's like when you give them 3000 things to do, they're not going to do any. So what we have to do is find out the flavors of the tools that they like. And whether it's me teaching them how to meditate or me teaching them, you know, the different tools and there's a lot of different gratitude practices. There's a lot of different, we're always going to be reading books and I'm holding them accountable to reading those books. We're all, there's going to be a lot of homework that they do. There's going to be a lot of work around purpose. When there's a business case that we need to work through, we're going to work through all aspects of that. And so it's a, it's a process that I take them to. It's individualized for each particular person, but it's up to them to have the desire the willingness and ultimately the courage to change. And so that, that's the true answer to that. At the end of the day. Yeah. I love what I do, by the way. I love what I do because it, it's like I'm talking to a mirror because anything I'm telling a client or an audience, I'm really talking to myself. Is this stuff? I mean, it's just super <laughs> important to me. Too. I mean, seriously, I'm just talking to myself. Uh, uh, I understand. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, Way back in the day when I started listening to Tony Robbins, and uh, I love him. and, and love I see him. that you are almost as tall as he is, which means I need <laughs> I a better to talk to you in the same room. Um, <laughs> one of the things he was talking about when he was talking about us going through our values was that most people don't really know what their values are. That's right. And if they don't know what their values are, it's hard for them to stay true to them because for whatever reason. So do you touch on this when you're in your, in your coaching and stuff? And let me help you. I'll, I'll help your audience to help. Let me give you an exercise you can do right away. If you want to know what your values in life is, and this is going to sound strange. Mm-hmm. Look at what really pisses you off. What like makes you, when you hear it or you see it, it just makes you angry. The flip side of that anger is your heart space. There's a belief, a core value. There's something that you're seeing or hearing that goes against your very essence, especially the more angry you get or the more upset you get about it. The flip side of that is your core values. That's the initial step, but here's the tough part. And I don't want to get too deep in where I'm about to go. Sometimes your core values are given to you by somebody else or something else. We're all from where we were raised, where we grew up, what religion, who we hang out with, what, what news we watch. The second step is, is that value serving you or is it a BS society rule? What I call what I didn't call it this. I also read this. I read so many books. I forget who said what there's <laughs> society rules, B R U L E S BS rules. Yeah. Is that truly serving you? You know, you've been told to think, you know, it's, let me give you just a stupid example. You know, we, we've got this thing with the U S and the middle East. Well, I, I don't know too many Syrians or Iraqis, and I don't want to be told that I'm supposed to dislike those people. <laughs> I'm sure there's millions and millions of amazing people over there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> doing amazing things and doing the best they can because that's where they, you know, I don't want to be told from society that because you're a certain color or a certain religion or you like to love somebody a certain way, is that really serving me? 
as a human being to close up like that. So that's a, that's all. And I'm getting way out there. I'll stop. But there, the first step to figure out what your core values is, is what really upsets you. And the flip side of that is your heart space and what you believe. The really tough part then is to take that belief system a, a step further and say, does that, for me to believe that in my deepest, darkest heart, does it really serve me and mankind and this planet and my relationships if I truly believe this? And if it usually harms or discriminates against someone else, the, the, the hard answer is no. The key is to figure out and walk through those things and start start breaking away and becoming your own person and not society's person or your parents' person of what you thought you were supposed to be. That's really deep stuff, but it's not easy to do. And it's something I constantly, constantly work on and constantly evolve and constantly. And there's certain decisions I have to make or certain things that come out of my mouth. I'll call one of my accountability folks and say, hey, is this something I truly believe in? Is this a Tommyism or is this one of my fears and insecurities? And really, you want to make sure your fear and insecurity is not driving your values. Yes, we do. That's, that's hard <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's hard. It is. It is. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy, man. <laughs> yeah. Someone who grows up in New York City, someone who grows up in Birmingham, and someone who grows up in Seattle, Washington, just on those three geographic locations alone, in society and culture and news, and they're going to be different people. They're going to have different experiences and different lives and different. And, and the key for us is to rise above it, for lack of a better word, but to do the hard work to figure out who we really are. And I take, I help people to do that as well. I love it. it, it it's, it's something that lights me up. All this stuff lights me up. When I get a, when I sit over some coffee and eggs and bacon, I'm making myself hungry. I stop. Um, <laughs> when I sit over some, and I have this type A alpha successful male, just really say thank you. And he's got tears in his eyes. And this is a guy I probably haven't cried in 20 years. Um, just to say thank you. That's why I do this. Or you get you get off an airplane and one of your client's wives just hugs you for like two minutes and says, I don't know who this man is or where, but this has been just, that's why I do this. And it's, it's all about changing lives. And ultimately, and let me just be honest, it's all also about changing myself. So I'm walking this journey too. It's not, I'm not the sage on the stage. Psychologist behind you, man. I, I am, I am in the battle with you <laughs> so, every day. Cause when the Tommy go round goes off the tracks, things go wrong, man. You know, it just goes wrong. So, you know, when I get in my own head and all that stuff comes up, Hey man, I get it. So no, you're not alone. I'm, I'm right there with you. And let me be clear. And I love, I love them. But so is Tony Robbins. So is Brendan Bouchard. So is Michael Jordan. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, all these greats, you know, we all have it. We're human, right? That's the human experience. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, oh, it's a fun conversation. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we're getting to a to a time when we kinda have to start wrapping up. Um Yeah, absolutely. Um but I wanted to ask you before before we get kinda um to to where you'd like people to find you and all that, I see Yoda on yourself just over your shoulder there with the Santa jacket on. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> but but Yoda in particular, you know, strikes me because um 
Yeah, his whole role in the Enterprise is, uh, in the Star Wars Enterprise, is to impart wisdom. Um, so uh, I'm wondering uh, why that, uh, why, why Yoda in particular is so visible to to um, to your webcam, and and if that holds any any particular anything for you. Yeah, it does. And there's a there's another one you probably can't see to the far right there. It's actually Yoda saying saying do or do not. There is no try. And I would love um, I think it's I think it's the actual wisdom. I think all of the world's great spiritual traditions, Buddhism, Islam, uh, Hinduism, you, you know, the, you name it. It doesn't matter. Buddha, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They all are based in some universal truth. And I think Yoda's role is in that is to talk from a higher source, the universal intelligence of life, what makes the acorn the oak. And to also give Luke Skywalker and the light, the self-confidence to go out and battle that darkness. And I think that was Yoda's role. And the fact that he's a two foot, 900 million year old, whatever old it was, <laughs> thousand year old, green. Yeah. There's no accent there either. You know, I mean, and just to know that he's the ultimate badass. Uh-huh. But, you know, he, one of his most profound statements are do, you know, when Luke Skywalker said, I can't do it. You know, I try. I keep trying. I can't. He goes, do or do not. There is no try. Mm-hmm. And so two words I absolutely hate in the English dictionary. There's actually three. Should, try, can't, and the fourth one's impossible. Um, I think those, if we could remove those uh, from any dictionary around the world, um, when you say you're going to try to do something, you're just not going to do it. Um, when you say you can't do something, it's means because you're choosing not to. And so the wisdom that he portrays and the grace that he portrays it in, and he does it in such a quiet, humbling manner. If you dig deeper behind all the, the cool effects and all that, there's some, there's some words in there that come from, from some of our great universal intelligence, spiritual traditions. And I think that's why I love it so much. Now, I'm a seeker too, a seeker of truth. And I don't even know really what that means. <laughs> um, I find, uh, I find beauty to me, it begins and ends with someone who grew up in violence and someone who grew up around racial tensions. And, um, for me, it begins and ends with, am I serving humanity? And am I, am I not taking something away from something somebody else out of my own fear and insecurity? So as long as, you know, I believe all humans are equal, I believe that we all have the same rights. And what are we going to do as men, women, and humans to serve each other to make this world a better place? To me, it ends and it begins and ends with that goodness. And I think if you really look behind, not what people have made religions to be, but what the 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 great leaders of those religions i think they were saying that same thing honestly at the end of the day that's yoda wow that was nice. yeah. man I, I gotta rec- i gotta play that back i saw you start floating <laughs> off your seat just a second there you you, actually, you you came up about six inches just floating in midair i saw that yeah, yeah I, need to, I need to go back and review this because i'm not even 100 percent sure what i said there <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there will be uh, audio evidence of it. So. Yeah, I know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting ready to go up for a jog right after this, and so I've got my workout clothes and my little beanie on, and I saw we're on videos. <laughs> Men of intention. Uh, so we don't release the video. We just find this is easier to connect. Um, oh, totally. You know, being able to see other spaces. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, so, uh, how how um. 
would you like people to find you and connect? Where do you like to spend your time online? Um, so the easiest way to connect with me is um, I'm just now getting into the social media space. I've got all kinds of stuff around that. Um, but to me, the easiest way is to email me directly. Okay. At Tommy at TommyBreedLove.com. And I will respond. It might take me 24 to 48 hours, but I, it's, I will always respond. And it is always me. And that's Tommy at TommyBreedLove.com. I would love to hear your story. I would love to um to, to hear what big choice or big change you're wanting to make. And I would love to hear, are you ready? And it doesn't have to be my flavor. You know, there's so many flavors of good stuff out there for people to choose from. You mentioned Tony Robbins, Benny Bouchard, me, whoever, Yoda, um, whatever your flavor is, choose that flavor and take action. So I'd love to hear from you though. Great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Uh-huh. Brother. Are you gonna you you gonna ask him your 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 typical your typical final question there, Josh? Yeah, man. No, well, I, normally I say, hey, is there anything that you'd uh, that we didn't get to that you'd like to talk about? But I was a little afraid of what the answer might be. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna edit this. It's gonna be like thirty seconds long. <laughs> I'm not putting any of this out there. The the thing this was taught to me by a river rapping guy. And I'll just, I'll let you take it where you want to go, but I'm not going to go into what it meant to me. But he told me, if you fall out of the boat on a river, the class four, class five river, you got to participate in your own rescue. And so that, that's the, I'm going to leave them with that. You've got to choose to participate in your own rescue. And that can mean a whole lot to a whole lot of different people. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you again. All right, y'all. What an honor. Better Humanhood Production.